Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Esports Diff, where we bring on a guest star to discuss a topic and talk about their experience in esports. As always, I accompanied by my co-host, Faison. How's it going? And we're excited to have Smash commentator and coach Charles Thorne on the cast. Thank you for joining us, Charles. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, we're really happy to have you on. Before we get into the questions and the topic at hand, we would love if you could just give us a brief synopsis of your experience in Smash and TCG Esports from how you got into the scenes and where you are now. So th- this is Smash and TCG? Yeah. So for TCG, I I mean, I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Oof, like, I mean, Metal Raiders, Legend of Blue Eyes around there. That was like, mm-hmm. I was a kid going to my first tournament. I thought I was really cool with my insect barrier, <laughs> DNA surgery combo, whatever, right? Like <laughs> yeah. really bad decks and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been playing... Uh, competitively actually for quite some time i i remember like even like uh the goat format you know just goat format in general like all the ban lists like night of selling getting knocked from like three to two and stuff like all the old school stuff mm-hmm. um and then i played competitively all the way up into pendulums when pendulums came out i stopped playing the game i thought i it was think everyone kind of stopped the pendulums yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and uh i mean kind of like dabble with master Joel. i was i also competed in magic but i preferably like to do like more casual drafts with magic mm-hmm. uh, i played like one standard format um but yeah I, I just preferred doing like drafts with magic and cubing with magic and oh, what other tcgs have i played i mean like i i, I did like hearthstone and stuff mm-hmm. all those other online stuff i've dabbled in a little bit but a lot of my competitive experience with the tcgs is definitely front loaded in Yu-Gi-Oh. and then with yeah. smash um competed ever since brawl uh, competed in Brawl, competed in Smash 4. Smash 4, I started transitioning more into coaching and commentating while still being a player, just really trying to find out like where, like what thing I like the most and kind of go from there. Um, mm-hmm. And then was able to coach Void. And then, then all of this, I lived in Hawaii. So it was uh, Hawaii's TCG scene, at least for Yu-Gi-Oh! was pretty big. Like I remember going to like regionals with 100 oh, wow. plus, like 100 to 200 people. It was really, mm-hmm. it was surprisingly really big for Hawaii. But Smash obviously was a lot smaller in Hawaii. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you were you were ranked number one in Smash 4 in Hawaii, if, uh, if I recall correctly. Yeah, after Void left. <laughs> after Void, <laughs> before Void left, uh, I, I was not one. You're but too after much. Void left. Yeah, after Void left, uh, I, I was and I, I was one until I moved to SoCal, a lot more competitive region and all that jazz. So me and me and Void did have to end up moving from Hawaii to SoCal to like, you know, continue our smash journeys and stuff. Coached Void from unranked to top 10, consistent, was eventually able to get picked up by TSM as a smash coach. And you know, as all of this was going on, I was, I, I found myself really enjoying commentary. Analytical commentary was like something I just naturally gravitated towards, but also I tried to like learn how to be like just a general better commentator, right? Just having fun, you know, with mm-hmm. the yeah. good vibes and all that stuff. So now I'm here at, or now I'm on Beast Coast. So I actually stopped coaching for uh, TSM and it's, now I'm doing more like management position in esports. Oh, so nice. I'm the player manager for i'm player manager and content manager for the fgc for the team beast coast so yeah like i i love coaching and i mm-hmm. even to this day i still love doing educational content i have a youtube channel that i do with bam and pause pause with that's called smash university so i'm able and i also coach on metify so i still do educational smash stuff but i yeah. know that i've accepted that it's a niche within a niche and it's mm-hmm. like a i wouldn't say it's a poor career choice but like yeah, it's pretty much a poor career choice. So I wanted to pivot <laughs> into something that like has more longevity, mm-hmm. right? And I can still yeah. do Smash coaching, but it doesn't have to be like my main thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, kind of going more like down the lines of management stuff. And I'm also trying to look uh, into like doing more 
maybe working with high schools or colleges now nowadays that's more acceptable and you mm-hmm. know like i'm 30 years old so back when i was in high school and college like esports was a meme to adults right yeah. like they're just super grassroots doing, yeah. right right they're not going to really take it serious but now esports is a little bit more mainstream so mm-hmm. i think high schools and colleges are more open to like doing that kind of stuff so i'm de- looking for it i'm definitely looking to do that as well yeah i mean it's really awesome to like hear like the path you took and you know how you went about how you wanted to go about like like going from a player to a commentator to a coach and how you like want to still do all those things but find like that balance and find mm-hmm. a way to like make a career out of it and you know like make it something that you like like have like your hobby be like your main source of income so it's it's just super awesome to hear like you can you can do those kind of things in like your in your space i did want to ask um so how was your experience commentating the first half of glitch infinite top eight last weekend it was really fun. I think uh, it was definitely one of the better blocks I've ever commentated. I think for just like, I, it, it took a while, but I think in terms of like the uh, other top commentators, I have the most like natural synergy with mm-hmm. uh, people like EE, Bam. Um, I say like those two, I I don't know. It just, it feels really natural. And mm-hmm. like I, I it, it, the other commentators, I still love commentating with the other commentators, but like I don't know. I feel like you, you can just even tell by like listening to that. It's just everything. The, 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 the natural synergy is just kind of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know he is, he's also sponsored by um, Beast Coast, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the one that got me the job at Beast Coast. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. How yeah. did it feel uh, to like finally, you know, cast an event in person after however long? Uh, It felt great. I mean, it... It, there was a, a good amount of break until we just kind of got out of the era of, you know, quarantine and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, just the main thing is just seeing a bunch of friends and that you haven't seen for quite some time. Yeah. That was probably like the best part. And then, you know, commentating online is it's not like bad, but commentating mm-hmm. something in person just feels way more hype. And you, yeah, you like you get the that vibe. energy. Yeah, you can bring the vibe of the tournament to the viewers. That's like one of the main things, like or main jobs you should do as a commentator. That's that's so awesome to hear. Yeah, because like the what's nice about online commentary is kind of gives like more access to do things from like across the globe. So right. if you wanted to commentate anywhere from around the world, you can. But there's not that camaraderie, you know. There's not that like community sense that you know that you you get from from like a land. So that's that's super dope. So I wanted to talk about um, Zamba's run real quick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. I glitch because he came to Fusion the day after, and me and RJ gave him so much shit. <laughs> oh, really nice. <laughs> we were like, "You choked," and he's like, "I know, I know." And I'm like, "No, don't feel bad, bro. I know for a fact that after Cosmos lost to you in winners, Nairo called him. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "This is what you gotta do, bro. You gotta get rid of the Green Goblin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I think yeah. Cosmos had uh, some great adjustments, but yeah, Zamba. Um, just from like watching everyone's run up to winners finals, I thought Zama was going to be the one to take the tournament. He even won winners finals, but, um, yeah, Zama just looked like he was playing the best of all the players that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just super consistent. Like he only dropped like the, like before he lost, to Cosmos, he only dropped two games to Gluto in the best of five. Yep. So, yep. you know, going against like France is number one. But yeah, that's that's awesome. All right. Now that we can pivot from commentary and coaching. Now the main uh, topic at hand. Digimon TCG. Mm-hmm. I love this sport. Fizzle loves this sport. I know it's, you love this sport. It's one of my favorite card games I think I've yeah. ever played. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think even like it's it's funny because with my like group, like my high school group of friends is the main like group of friends I played a lot of TCGs with, especially like competing back in the day with Yu-Gi-Oh! Um mm-hmm. like we would deck build together, we would like strategize and all that stuff. So theorycraft. Um, yeah, theorycraft, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Uh, with Digimon, it's funny because we'll talk about the topic of like, is current Digimon better than like, you know, Synchro Exceeds Yu-Gi-Oh, right? And, <laughs> you make the comparisons? Yeah, well, like we'll, we'll like think about it, right? I mm-hmm. I think that Digimon's a better game um, because, you know, like Synchro Exceed Yu-Gi-Oh was fun, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people when they look back, it's like Rose and Goggles kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I, I just, in my opinion, Digimon is a very well-designed game and mm-hmm. it's uh there's so much like different risk reward you have to go into like for every decision i think like in terms of balance it's like really balanced now mm-hmm. i know like obviously there's still stronger decks than others yeah. right but there's there's like the chances of a, a rogue deck or a tier like 1.5 or tier 2 like maybe getting top 8 or like mm-hmm. we've seen like you know Dan Vang win with like Lord Nightmon in this format, right? Um, before EX and, or like in the BT6 meta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like my only gripe about Digimon is not even necessarily the card game. It's more so just like certain delays that happen. Like we had a really long BT5 meta, then we had like mm-hmm. a really short BT6 meta. Then like everyone going into NA Nationals had no practice in EX, like at a big tournament, at least like a big mm-hmm. Evo Cup. And it was kind of just like, all right, EX go. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> so like that, that I'm definitely kind of butthurt about that. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, and like Omnicron started blowing up right when EX came out. I couldn't even go to my card shop. Like my card shop shut down. So like wow. I, it, like you, you literally just had your practice with your group of friends and that yeah. was kind of it. Right. And uh, I think EX changed the game enough to the point where if you didn't know about, like didn't have experience or anything like that, it's, it's a pretty big game changer. A lot of, I think a lot of decks, like they didn't get drastically changed. I, I think Lilith Loop was probably like the biggest jump in power. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it it's just unfortunate that you know it's it's nothing that we can do about it, right? It's just like yeah, it's just, just the timing of the whole thing, right? It's just timing of everything, and I think everything's kind of like getting back on track in terms of scheduling. But the mm-hmm. game, it the game itself is really good. Now, um, one thing that I like, I I don't even know how to like. I guess I could th- think of like the things that I don't like and, but like, okay. So I don't like the timer and, but like, I understand that you need a timer. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I well, understand a timer for a competitive, uh, like 50 minutes, usually 50 minutes. Okay. For a total and best of three, for a total best of three, mm-hmm. but like with decks, like security control and stuff, like you never get to game three or like, you'll never finish game three with certain mm-hmm. control decks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's like in Yu-Gi-Oh, the way they did with timers is like, well, you know, if it's sudden death game three, then it's first change of life points, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be it. But like, I just feel like recovering is, I don't know, like there's not too many, like most cards that healed you for life points in Yu-Gi-Oh were trash, but there's a lot of cards in Digimon that recover and that are not trash. And yeah. like winning off of like having more security, I, I can't see digimon going down that route because it's mm-hmm. just not fair so it that that's just tough so there's a lot of draws that happen in digimon because of that but i think that's also like on them in terms of like i don't like think security control should be a deck like i mm-hmm. it, it's funny because actually like security control is one of my favorite decks to play <laughs> um but like i it, it's not like an archetype within the game and mm-hmm. it's like it's very it's very clear that security control is a deck that is created because it is abusing the base mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't why... intended by the developers. The players just kind of came up with it. Right. Exactly. So, um, I think there are some things that they 
did in BT6 particularly that kind of like skewed security control players away. Like Jessmon's a bad matchup. Like this this national tournament, it in terms of like the top three decks, it was like a big rock, paper, scissor. And mm-hmm. then there was like rogue decks, right? Like there was Boff, there was uh security control, and then dang, what was the third deck? Bob and Security Control were probably the two most popular decks. Mm-hmm. And then we had like Lilith Loop, no Jessmon, right, in top eight. Yeah. So there it, it was it was interesting. And I like sec- security control, like for me, I didn't play it in this tournament because it's like you auto there's like certain matchups where like you might not necessarily auto lose, but they're pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Essentially any deck that like scales or like can yeah. just build like Jessmon, you just build up a stack in the back, right? You can't interact with stack and then you just get blown out. Um but yeah, I thought like I I'm not I wasn't a super big fan of this particular meta because mm-hmm. of the speed, but I under I also understand that upping the speed of the meta game will take out decks like security control, right? Mm-hmm. Where like they can't keep up or like a decks are just too fast or like the the over like the archetypes of the game just are naturally like hit harder, right? And then mm-hmm. you can't just like outvalue your opponent via recovering through security so um i know next format in bt7 apparently security control is not going to be that much of a thing hybrids are just going to be like way too strong mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting i'm excited for bt7 my favorite it's coming color. out soon right are like in the, yeah, in the us so. at least yeah, yeah 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 it's coming out soon and yellow is the the my favorite color to play like usually yellow or yellow purple like mm-hmm. yellow slash purple combined so um that's going to be one of the best decks and I think even just the the ban list is super interesting as well because uh, they went off of data in Japan, but I think Japan and America have like completely different play styles. Yeah. So, I mean, like looking at the ban list, it makes sense, right? Like Mega Digivolve or Ice Wall is for sure like the strongest card <laughs> in the game. <laughs> That's getting limited, and then Mega Digivolve Fusion, like it's it's these cards where when you look at them, it's like maybe they're not good right when they came out, but like mm-hmm. when you look at Mega Digivolve Fusion, it's kind of like oh well, it the, this the the strength of this card matters on what level sevens you're bringing out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like well, the crazier level sevens come out, the crazier this card is. So yeah. eventually you're going to have to like limit it or ban it or whatnot. I mean, the same thing happens in a bunch of other card games, right? Where it's like, oh, this old card interacts with this newer card and mm. oh, it's an infinite or oh, this is really strong, right? Like Mass Driver and Yu-Gi-Oh, that card was total trash when it came out because you couldn't just special summon infinite monsters for free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sacking a monster and dealing 400 damage is like nothing in traditional Yu-Gi-Oh, Right. And then, you know, when frog like right when the game came came to a point where like I could just special summon a bunch of frogs and just mass driver and OTK, like <laughs> that's when you have to ban the card. So mm-hmm. I feel like Mega Digivolve Fusion's kind of under the same light where it's like, yeah, it's just oh, this old card interacting with this newer card, like this level seven is just too powerful. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's way too much simple. So do you mean do you think Digimon is doing like a good job of like like handling power creep and like doing having like a ban list and limiting certain cards? Yeah, I think it's it's the right direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm not gonna lie, uh, Ice Wall. In terms of like, I'm very surprised that card just like is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it that card is by far the strongest card in the game, and it's mm-hmm. like not even close. Yeah. and there's no counter. I think what they could have done, like I don't I don't know if they're like super against errating cards. I know they've errated delicate plan before delicate plan um used to stop did you like anything activating in security so it stopped defeats 
it would stop your geo graze like mm-hmm. when they first printed that card but i think when they printed that card they didn't know that they were going to make uh digimon that proc and security question mark i'm not 100 percent sure or like omniwans were right so that like mm-hmm. before delicate plan would stop everything but then they eradicated delicate plan so it only stops uh, options and security mm. so okay. i wish w- with ice wall like a really nice thing they could do to nerf it is if they made it so you gain memory instead of your opponent losing memory so if you had a memory blocker out you could stop ice wall yeah yeah, yeah. With the ability to say like your opponent can only gain memory with tamer effects correct right yeah like yeah. or something right mm-hmm. so it's Got like it. <laughs> it's like if i have a tamer out and you ice wall me but like it could be a risk because my tamer, my memory tamer puts me at three. I bring mm-hmm. out Chumon and I full swing with everything, right? Or whatnot, right? Like yeah. the possibility of having a memory blocker. And I think like memory blockers are, you know, a huge part of the game in a sense of like you tech them in depending on the meta, right? Like mm-hmm. just depending on your bad matchups, your good matchups, whatnot. Um, I w- would have liked to see an ice wall, especially with how strong it like. And even if you did a rat of that, that w- it would still be a really good card, right? Um, mm-hmm. You could just Hail Mary. Like, your opponent's not always going to have a memory blocker. There's, you know, removal cards for memory blockers. You can, uh, especially with, like, blue, I mean, Boff can just bottom deck them. You mm-hmm. also have, like, the Kendo Guru, which can bounce them for the turn, so mm-hmm. you can, like, do whatever. Uh, the fact that it activates insecurity and it's pretty much a hammer spark, like, and it just... And it costs one. Like that, that card yeah, would still one be cost. <laughs> really, really good. Um, even if you could stop it with a memory blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mega Digivolve Fusion, like that to me, like I think I personally like Ice Wall is better than that, but I personally hate that card the most. I <laughs> with Digimon, I, I like Digimon so much because the way they control the amount of tempo, like the mana system is the best thing about Digimon, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, 100%, every, like there's a bunch of things that are really good about Digimon, but the mana system is the best because you can dictate how much tempo your opponent starts their turn with, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like really huge. And so, since that's the favorite part about the game, my most hated card is Mega Digivolve Fusion because it ignores that. Like, mm-hmm. you, you that basically just like rip tempo away for free. And I've had like little loops literally. And the, the con is supposed to be like, oh, okay, my level seven gets bottom decked or whatever, right? But I've seen like little loops deck, for example, bring out a Zwart, pop off so hard that they bring out another Zwart. And then, like, their first wart that they all Mega Digivolve Fusion just gets bonded. So, what's the point, right? Like, yeah. the whole point is like you cheat tempo, but the thing you cheat tempo with dies. Mm-hmm. So, like, you should kind of like even the board out, but that's not even the case, especially with like Lilith Loop getting more tools to like essentially anything that like just gains you memory for no memory. Like you're cheating tempo, right? And mm-hmm. I understand that they have to have that in the game for like color identity and whatnot. Like, blue has hammer spark and stuff like that, right? So I understand it, but like Mega Digivolve Fusion is like to the extreme of that. Yeah. It's not like because yeah. Blinding Ray, and I don't even agree with. I don't think Blinding Ray should give you two memory if you don't burn a security, but it does, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of bullshit. Like the whole point <laughs> of that card is like, oh, I'm losing a health to gain two memory, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And like if you don't have that thing to lose, then you shouldn't just like cheat tempo like that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's gonna reward aspect. Right. So, like, that's something I don't agree with personally. Because mm-hmm. even like uh, Yellow War Gray, you can't like unsuspend in minus 6K unless you have a security to bounce to your hand. That's like a requirement. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's still, I, 
the things that I don't like about the game are things that fuck with the things that I love most about the game. I guess <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. That it, it does make sense. It is. It gives you more of a reason to not like those things because you have an appreciation for like how the base game is like introduced. And, like, right. This fucks with this. So like like this this is a problem. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I feel you. But like like I said, you you have to kind of have that that is like an aspect of any game right like you you got to have the combo deck like Mm -hmm. like combo decks and all that other stuff is generally like usually an archetype within tcg a competitive tcg so and they they do a pretty good job of like usually having a representation of every archetype in Mm -hmm. each meta so yeah yeah that yeah that's really awesome to hear uh, so I know you mentioned that you like playing um, Yellow Control. The last time we talked um, and you played at that uh, Digimon Championship, uh, you said you were playing Mastamon. Yeah, I, I went in with Mastamon. The original plan was to go in with Bond of Bravery because I, mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like Bond of Bravery had a pretty, like... Bond of Bravery was, like, the not a top three deck, mm-hmm. but it's still... Everyone still was like, oh, okay, like, you still got to watch out for the deck. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of I wanted to go in with that and it was definitely the bond deck that has more of a control side to it. Boff has like Boff still is controlling, but mm-hmm. you you have more blue aspects. Red is obviously like a, a especially with the starter deck cards, like atomic blaster and all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, you you you're you're still aggressive and you can chunk two security with the Greymons, and then you have control aspect too. So like you you have a pretty hefty like security when your opponent swings to a bond of bravery security, like you, you generally have to watch out like you could hit guy force you could hit atomic blaster right yeah so i wanted to go with that but honestly like for me the bond decks both of them just weren't too fun for me mm-hmm. and i had more fun with the mastermon deck i think the mastermon deck is like mastermon dynasmon is probably one of the harder decks to play in the format because you there's you're interacting with every piece of your board like you're TKing, you're looking at your what's in your um, recovery or yeah. your security, right? And then you're you're keeping track of what's in your grave because you have to mass them on call, and obviously you have to keep track of your hand and all that other stuff. So you're interacting with like every piece of the pie, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty hard deck, um, and I, I I wish I went in a little bit more practiced. And like I think with the especially I. I didn't really get to uh, experiment too much with the different EX builds. I think Analog Boy could have been like a tech that I could have yeah. done. Right? I, I like I like that card a lot actually. Yeah, I just got it in my Machine Dramon deck. It's so good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that that card. I'm trying to. Th- it's like it's between that and Win Rate, but those those cards are like changed the meta the most. Yeah. I feel like in terms of the uh, EX cards, um, definitely boosted a little through from like a tier 1.5 to a tier one deck for yeah. uh the nationals and i mean we saw two lilith loops i believe they bought, got like uh third and fourth i think i think oh wow or definitely top eight yeah. they, they they both got like around the same placements mm-hmm. um, they had to like face off against each other so yeah i mean and and like lilith, lilith loop just got the ginkakus too so that with the ginkakus with like mega digivolve fusion not being banned you know obviously a huge huge threat and but like I, I still felt like with Mastamon, like I had a good. I know I was going to run into a decent amount of security control because mm-hmm. um, security control is going to be was like everyone knew that security control is going to be a popular deck going into that uh, tournament. So I, even though I didn't go with Bond of Bravery, uh, I just went with the deck that I had more fun with, even though it was like mm-hmm. a tier one point five kind of deck. Um, I still was pretty confident. The only one I was like really scared of was uh, Boff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, the, I mean, just boss control is like really, really good. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, and I it, I got actually pretty lucky. I had I think I fought like three, three to four security control players. I got extremely lucky in terms of like my, my matchups, um, and I actually did end up losing to one. You usually the, like the security control matchup is just free because if you have any card in your deck that has like that's trashing your opponent's security, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And like usually with Mastamon, you you have to be like somewhat careful because when you're mastermonding, if they have more pressure than you do, like you could just be putting yourself in crit mass. Mm-hmm. But security control is not going to do that to you because they just don't have that much bodies on the board. They're more so just like controlling your bodies. So you can just like bring out mastermon, swing out. Like yeah. you're just going to get so much value. So yeah, uh, but it's I nice did that. Mast- yeah, sorry, I was, I was going to say it's nice that mastermon trashes security because the uh, security under like the plays don't activate because it doesn't count as a deletion. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so you can trash like defeat or all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up did losing to one security control player that main decked oh like more than two shine purges. So shine purge is like a really, really good card against Mastamon because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you go wide. And the thing is, usually you don't have to worry about like you run a lot of Salamons and Bushiagus, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about ulti flare too much because those are four and five costs, right? But they you do have to worry about shine purge. Or purge shine one of the two but that just minuses 3k to your whole board like for mm-hmm. the rest of the turn too it doesn't just happen there so if i hit one in security i can't even like end my turn with like i can't push over the turn with like dropping a rookie mm-hmm. like it'll just die right so yeah <clears throat> that was a that was a really good tech and i think like that's just a really good card in security control um yeah. i was when i was thinking about before i was before i decided so at first i wanted to enter the nats with security control but when I played security control, I just wasn't comfortable with like certain matchups being like, man, this matchup just like feels like I can't do anything. Like just yeah. feels like I can't do anything mm-hmm. on the bravery feels like I can't do anything like boff pretty solid. Like it, it was just a very volatile matchup chart. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go with something more even. So then I went from security control to bond of bravery. And then I just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to play what I want to play. And then I just, went yeah, what you enjoy the most. Yeah. One of the most interesting aspects of Digimon, in my opinion, is the fact that there is no sideboard. And that the cards you have are the cards you use. I've recently heard, though, that they are now toying with the idea of a potential sideboard in Digimon. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about that? This is a pretty touchy topic. Uh, so for me, when I think of this, I if, if, if I'm just choosing for like what's going to benefit me the most as a competitor, I would want a sideboard because... Mm-hmm. I know how to sideboard. I, I like know how to do all that. Like I've been there. I've done that. I know of sideboard strategies, depending on how many cards you can even like swap entire deck engines and base like your strategies off of that. So <clears throat> as an experienced TCG player, I would love that because I just already know how to do that. Now mm-hmm. for the overall growth of the game, I don't think it's a good idea mm-hmm. because if you're thinking about overall growth, there's, there's things that, there, the very important things that Digimon need to do if they want this game to grow is they need to come out with like an online client, yeah. right? Like really and the way, the way that Digimon has designed their game, an online client's perfect. The reason why it's like harder to do Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic with an online client is because the way when they made those card games, they didn't have having an online client like that wasn't part of the design, right? Mm-hmm. It's like so now, so every time you do an action in Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, your opponent has a chance to respond right which is fine if i'm in person i'm like is this good yeah no okay cool is this good? <laughs> whatever right mm-hmm. but on an on- online client i have to boom and then my opponent has to be like 
yes, that is good. Or no, that is good. Like, what are you playing in response? Okay. He is playing this. Like, are, are, is that good now? It just, <clears throat> it takes so much time going back and forth, which mm-hmm. is why when you look at cards like, or card games like Hearthstone, um, they have trap cards that are secrets, but it's like, mm-hmm. you just put them down. And then if your opponent meets a certain condition, they automatically activate, mm-hmm. which means that there's no interaction with you and your opponent when it's your opponent's turn, mm-hmm. which is the healthiest thing for an online uh, card game, right? And Digimon is exactly that. Like your yeah. security is your defense and health mm-hmm. and your opponent swings into it. And like, if something activates, the only thing that the uh, the player, the defending player has to do is pick targets, right? Oh, I hit a guy for it. like, I get to pick the target for my spell, but that's it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's no like bouncing back and forth. So the way the game is designed, I think it's already really good for that, right? Now, usually on like an online ladder or something like that, it's usually just best of ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you bring siding into it, now it's like, now when you go into ranks, do you have to do you have to play a best of three? Are you practicing your sideboard, right? Ladder should imitate what like the highest level of competition is. And even though mm-hmm. best of one isn't going to be best of three in like the tournament format, at least like that best of one is going to be the exact same thing as if it went to game two and game three, like the same cards mm-hmm. are being used right at, at the very minimum. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think no sideboard is better for the longevity of the game. If they plan on going more of like, okay, we're not, but see, I don't know how much money they make from like printing the cards or like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you make an online app, you make more money, but I've definitely, never, I've never I made so a, well, right, because it's so much more accessible, right? I can mm-hmm. just, like, I don't have to go to a card shop or I don't have to, like, go find, like, it's just, like, literally, oh, my friend messaged me. Oh, yeah, this thing's dope. Like, search Digimon TCG on the fucking Play Store. Boom, done. Yeah. Like, yeah. downloading it and I'm trying it out. And, like, if I want certain cards, I pay more money. And mm-hmm. you don't even have to, like, print them or nothing. Like, it's Yeah, just you don't have to ship there. them or anything. Yeah, it's just all microtransactions. It's all, all built into a cloud. <laughs> Right. So it's like, I feel like they would make more money doing that. And like, I I just feel like if they do that, it's like so much easier to run tournaments for the game Mm -hmm. too. Like you don't have to worry about people cheating. Right. Like, I mean, people cheating in TCGs has been a historic thing, whether (laughs) it's in person or webcam. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier to cheat on webcam. That's like just factual, right? Like you're not Mm -hmm. making eye contact with your opponent. Like, um, like their hand can go off the screen and you don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, mm-hmm. but like, you know what I'm saying? And I, there are, there's obviously rules like, Oh, like a judge will be like, oh, okay, put your hands back in here or like whatever. I right? put it back in the shot. But I mean, so much somebody can doesn't catch it. They don't, they just don't catch it, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's like, there, there's, there's like so many different angles that you're not seeing. The quality of the webcam is usually not like the quality of like real life vision. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so, so many different things can happen. And yeah. I'm not saying that anyone cheats in Digimon tournaments, but like, you know, we, in the TCG community, just in general for card games, people have been caught cheating in real life. So the fact that like, you know, webcam, it's even easier to do it. That's just like worrying in a sense of like, when it's just, I guess my main point is like, when you have the online app, you just take that out. You take that Mm -hmm. aspect out completely and you just don't even have to give a shit about it. And like, if you have online comp, like you can still have offline competitions, but like running, you know, Japan versus US crew battles or like a 10 v 10 or mm-hmm. like whatever, right? Like you can do so much shit with like an online application and even just like, I, I feel like going more down like the esports side of thing. I don't know if that's like the right terminology, but like, I don't know, it just, I guess like just getting with the times, 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I it agree. Makes it way easier to like stream and stuff mm. too. Like, yeah, it, it makes I mean, the viewers' experience just so much better. Like, I, I mean, I tried watching. I, I did watch a bit of your tournament, right? And like half the times, you can't even really see what cards you're playing. Yeah, the quality is like yeah. not that great. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's like they they had like uh, I know someone times in production, and I could I could definitely tell they didn't like super put that much. Uh, resources into mm-hmm. it. it i feel like some of the big youtubers and stuff for digimon reached out to bandai and they're like oh yeah sure like run, yeah. run <laughs> however you want right but it, mm-hmm. like i don't think it was like a crazy amount of effort and you know funds into that and like what do you call that like sometimes they'll put like a picture of the card that they're talking about yeah, occasionally so but then that picture will stay up there for like forever the whole game and, <laughs> right and like i know even on the mainstream the dude was like doing commentary and like trying to change the security score and then he kind of like gave up on that eventually and he's trying to keep the game score oh, he's up. doing right. both production and commentary yeah, yeah it's like i'm like that's damn, right damn that's yeah. not and easy, i'm sure right? it's even like harder to you know have to like read out every card and like you know give a brief explanation like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just can't yeah really so that. so it's, it's like to charles's point of like bringing on a client um, the great thing about having a client is then you can introduce like twitch api for for the game so when you hover over a card if you're streaming on twitch you can actually have the card like expand and it'll like talk about what the card actually does. Yep. So that way, if you're ever looking at it, you can be like, Oh, that's what this card does. Like, Oh, this is a new card. I haven't seen this before. And that's what they do. They have like Twitch plugins for, for magic and for other card games, but like Digimon just like, isn't there yet. I don't know if you've heard, um, but there's a uh, Digimon con is happening like within the next like three days. Mm-hmm. And, they're right. and they're, showing... that's where they're like testing outside boarding and all that. Right. Yeah. They're, they're going to be showing um, an actual online uh, um, client platform. Uh, that I think they're doing. Um, I think it's like a, it's not a crew battle. It's like it's like a grudge match. Um, yeah, Digimon card game U.S. Japan friendship match. Yeah, the first half. And I think that they're they're going to be using the client that they hinted at a couple uh, a little bit ago. But I don't think they ever uh, intended on releasing it for like public. But they could be changing their minds. Yeah, hopefully. Really I nice see. Yeah, I just I feel like if they want the longevity of their game, like I I, I just don't know if like. Digimon is just like a cash grab for Bandai or mm-hmm. if like they care about the longevity of the uh the competitive scene right like yeah. mm-hmm. uh that th- these are all questions I I just don't know I I feel like if you want the I don't know how much money they get for the like gearing their decisions towards the competitive scene right because mm-hmm. I mean these cards probably just sell regardless but I feel like the online client you you just expand your base like consumer base you yeah. know what i mean and you help the competitive scene. i, I feel like it's a two-in-one yeah. and i feel like they should definitely try to do it and i honestly i think that's like the backbone of like if this game is going to blow up or if this game's just like man this is like the sickest we'll card game in. and it, it's just crazy to me because i know so much of my friends that play card games and we talk about digimon it's just like yeah this is like the best card game I've ever played yeah it's like a very <laughs> it's like a very common thing i hear mm-hmm. So to me, it's like so sad that like this car card game's so good and it doesn't have like any exposure whatsoever. Mm. It's kind and of no like, backbone or foundation for it to grow. Right. Uh, like, yeah. For, and for even like some of the biggest like content creators for Digimon, it's like, you know, maybe 5K, maybe 10K views on some videos and stuff. But like mm. it, just the the amount of eyes on the Digimon TCG are just so small. And obviously, like Digimon isn't like it's a big IP. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like pokemon or something like that yeah. right but i still feel like they're missing pretty like very large pieces of the puzzle uh and you're like 
you're trying to compete in this area where there's already solidified card games. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I, I just I, I just feel like the online client is just like that is gonna be because whenever someone wants to get into a new card game, right? Like you guys have mm-hmm. played a bunch of different card games, I assume. So when you want to get into a new card game, it's always like, fuck, do I really want to like commit to another card game? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Because it's such like a like if we didn't have a dive. friend that already played the game and like had his own decks built, I don't think we would have ever gone into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you you are not gonna like spend money to try it out. Yeah. Yeah. But when you have an online client, mm-hmm. you can try the game for free. And yeah. I think that's such a that in itself is so important. Yeah, to get it reduces paid. the barriers to entry for the game. I mean, that that's yeah. why Hearthstone just like blew up when it first came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just free yeah. to play. And I mean, it took Konami long enough to to bring out Master Duel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like yeah, they I'm finally got with the times. I'm very surprised they finally actually came out with an online Yu-Gi-Oh client. And mm-hmm. it was weird because they had dual uh dual links. Mm-hmm. So like I was just like, oh well. Like, I guess that's going to be their online Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Like, I guess that makes them <laughs> so much money. It doesn't matter. Right. But mm-hmm. finally, Master Duels came out. Yeah. Which is, which is super hype. Um, do you have any other questions, Faison, that you wanted to ask Charles? Uh, not really. Okay. I, I, had, I have one last one. So that I know you up. said you're excited for a BT7. Um, but uh, what are some other things that you're looking forward to uh, in regards to like the Digimon TCG in the future, whether it be like a new set or like new rules or like new implementations? All right, say that one more time. What What else are you looking forward to in the future when it comes when it, uh, when it comes to like the Digimon TCG, whether it becomes like a new set, like a new um, like a new mechanic in the game, like something like um, we we, we discussed the sideboard, but like something that will like, kind of like change like the the level of of the game. For me, I like the main thing is just the meta of the game. I think mm-hmm. having a good balance of all the different archetypes uh, in general. And I feel like BT7 is going to be pretty fun. I love <clears throat> the ban list, I think is a really good idea. Ban slash like limited list or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them be more like down to errad cards. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, the, the thing with Ice Wall, like I think if you just make yeah. it memory gain, like that, that just. As a player, there's certain like aspects. One thing that makes me frustrated the most as a player is if there feels like there's a card that's no counterplay. There's yeah. no counterplay to, right? Mm-hmm. And I think right now that card is Ice Wall, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why it's getting limited. And I think that's fair. But yeah, like when, when, a, like if you want, if I wish they were more willing to instead like errad cards to give them counterplay instead of just like, maybe feeling forced that they have to like either outright ban ice wall mm-hmm. or just like limit it to one right because even like with limiting a card like ice wall um and it's still like one of right so how shitty would it be to like oh you lost to your opponent's one ice wall yeah, <laughs> yeah. one right? of like, the top deck or, or the security <laughs> check right so it's like mm-hmm. stuff like that um i think moving forward they're going to get really good at doing um in terms of even just like Mul- I, 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 they also are experimenting with Mulligan too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mulligan is something that uh, I'm not too sure I agree with the way they do it because you just get the, you slay your five security, you draw your five cards. Then if you mull, you bottom deck your five cards and you draw five more cards. W- one reason why I don't like that is because you gain information yeah. on mm-hmm. like your deck right so it's like yeah especially if you play a deck that cycles through 
Exactly. Like, right? you know, you know, what's at the bottom of your deck. Now you can't ever interact with those cards again because there's nothing that like shuffles your deck in Digimon. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is something that I actually really like when you go for a search or something you put like, it's almost removed from play. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you technically could get back to it if the game went mm-hmm. really, really, really long. Yeah. But or if you just draw but, fast enough. <laughs> Right, or if you just draw that much, right, which you definitely can do in Digimon. But mm-hmm. and then see, that's another like really good design that I like for with Digimon. How like the bottom decking works. How bottom decking is like a very crippling thing, right? And it's the uh, it's like there's a risk when you play Davis, right? Mm-hmm. And there there there's a risk when you play the, the Strabi, right? Yeah. Like exactly, right? Like you you could play the Davis, hit two mats, and then you lose, right? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> It's like, to me, I, I definitely like that mechanic, but the mulligan, I, I don't agree with that mulligan. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you maul, you should scoop your hands, scoop your security, shuffle, and then redish out. Yeah. I heard that they were doing something with mulligans. I didn't know that, that was the specific thing. That... Yeah. I don't, I don't really like that at all. Yeah. Cause that's, that's like, like what, five to 10% of your deck that you get to yes, see that you like literally know. Right. So it's yeah. like, and, cause you'll also know like what's in you, you get information on everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Hey, like. I only have one ice wall and I yeah. like when you're looking at that first hand, it's like, well, if I mull it, I know that I will not have ice wall as an out in security. So I can play like I don't have ice yeah, wall yeah. as an out in security, right? You, Which you like obviously play, yeah. right, obviously that sucks, but like information's really big. And that's a huge mm-hmm. part of Digimon is like when you're playing, how much information do you have? And like are you are you forced to play? Like there's always a tipping point in Digimon where you're forced to play off of banking your security right that's the tipping point mm-hmm. you don't want to get to but when you do get to that point you have to be like okay i'm gonna do this hopefully i hit x or y in security then i can do this and win or do this mm-hmm. and break even with board right um and obviously getting like five cards of information is like you get to do that easier so yeah especially the way the game is geared to where like there's five face down cards that you don't know what there are in their your health but like if you know what they're not Mm-hmm. then that can like alter your decision making so exactly yeah i, I don't like I, I don't think i'm not super against mulligan i don't think it's needed but i mean a lot of people bitch about bricking right like bricking sucks mm-hmm. um and that's why decks like rookie rush are so nice because like mm-hmm. you know you have like a fucking the, the good thing about bricking though in digimon is that it feels a lot more forgiving than like i don't know if you bricked in magic or something correct yes Right. I, I, I definitely agree with that. There's definitely ways to like play out of your bricks as well. I think to me, those are the best games of Digimon where both players, they brick, but they both play out of their bricks really well. Mm-hmm. And then the game state like gets back to normal and it's like about even. But to me, those are the most like interesting and enjoyable Digimon games because it's not so like you don't see like standard openings yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally don't really mind it. And then like, even my Mastabon deck, I ran 16 rookies because like one, it like my chance to break is way less, but like, it also complemented the deck because I just, I, with Andrew woman, you call a lot of like rookies from your hand and all that other stuff. Right. So even like you, you can play, you know, there's some people that are crazy that play like 10 or 11 rookies. Right. Then there's like the standard 12 rookies. Then there's like more safer builds with like 13 to 14 rookies right mm-hmm. so i mean and then obviously like uh bonds you probably run like anywhere from 15 to 20 and like yeah. that's why those decks are so consistent so it it just depends like it depends on what direction you want the meta to go because if 
my biggest gripe is if they put Mulligan into the game, I just don't want decks that have really high highs like Jessmon, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, the biggest weakness of this deck is you brick. But mm-hmm. if you don't brick, you kill your opponent by turn like three, OTK, mm-hmm. turn three or four, right? If you get the perfect hand. So it's like, if you make Mulligan a thing, I just want the highest high deck, like the deck that has the highest high to like not have an excruciating gap where mm-hmm. I swing into you, kill two of your Digimon with Jessmon. It's got fucking uh, Delicate Plan activated, and yeah. then I fucking blitz you for game. Like that's <laughs> bullshit. That that's crazy. And like now think of now think of think of how many Jessmons we would have seen in NA Nats if Mulliganing was a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much people would have played that because it's just like oh well like. I, it's it's okay. Like I I can dig ten for one Hawkmon. I just need one Hawkmon, and I just all I need to do, I'm I draw my first five. I don't see the Huck toss, throw draw the next five. Did I get a rookie or Huck? I'm good. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're you're probably like in a really good spot. So, it reduces that risk factor of like high risk high reward decks. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, like I'm fine with moles as long as they understand the power creep of the highest high. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, even though Jessmon did have the highest high in the last meta, we didn't really see too much of it because I think Lilithmon could get close to that highest high, maybe not as fast or like a little mm-hmm. slower, but like you have way more consistency with Analog Boy and all that other stuff, right? With mm-hmm. that deck. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like you, you just have to be very careful and they have to be very aware of what certain decks are going to do in that meta. Mm hmm. Gotcha. when it when it comes to mole but yeah like in in the future i'm looking forward to a lot of decks like the, mm-hmm. the purple yellow mastamon like starter deck looks super fun i think a lot of the a lot of the future decks archetypes designs they look super fun yeah mm-hmm. i just don't right. like super understand like the power curve of those decks comparatively but you mm-hmm. know i think as long as they're like pretty close to balance and i think the biggest curveball is going to be like the side deck and the mulligan mm-hmm. and we'll see how that goes uh, but I think I, I just hope that they make decisions for the longevity of the actual game. Mm-hmm, and it's like yeah. my biggest thing that are like objectively good for the game's health. Right. Gotcha. Okay, I do have actually sweet. have a quick question. All right, Why ahead. do you think like green decks have kind of fallen off? I was looking, I think top 32 in NA wasn't a single green deck, like a Sarasmon or anything like that. And same with, same with EU. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't wasn't OT there? There was a uh, oh top thirty two. I know I know there was like green decks that made it to dot day two day two. Um, yeah, green. I, I just feel like their boss monsters didn't like. So OTK green is essentially Jessmon, but like you don't have the finisher, right? Yeah, you like wipe all their security um, with like jamming and all that other stuff, but. It's like getting that one hit afterwards where I feel like Jessmon, it might be a little bit more bricky, but like, why wouldn't you just play Jessmon? I, I feel like green fell off because other decks, there was other decks were made that did like green's niche, but better. Okay. Right. And green's like general niche is usually just tempo. Yeah. But the, it's like, so it's so hard for like, if you're just banking on tempo or if like one of the most representation for your deck is like OTK green. And then like Jessmon is like, just does that better, better version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And then like, even when you look at what they got from BT six and EX, like EX, it was like, Oh, well they got some stuff for Imperial Dramon, Right. And Imperial Dramon EX, like not that great comparatively to the meta. 
and even like looking at um bt6 green cards like they got the the horse right the the trojan horse yeah. card or whatever which is like pretty solid for like a control green kind of thing but i to to me it's so hard to control what was like running rampant like both bond decks like trying to hold that down is like so hard to do yeah especially when they can just like wipe your board at the same time so i i just feel like they either like for green like there were some green decks that other decks came out that just they would do that but better and then uh for like the control side of green they just didn't get enough from bt6 and ex to keep up with all of the new new stuff and like because bt6 and ex introduced like new levels of speed in my opinion yeah mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, that's all the time we have for tonight's episode of Esports Diff. Thank you again, Charles, for your time and being our first guest star on the cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. I had a good time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Make sure to follow Charles on Twitter. It's at Charles Thorin underscore. And don't forget, Charles also offers coaching and bot review for Smash Ultimate on Medify. So check him out there as well. It's medify.gg slash at Charles dash Thorin. Also, make sure to follow, rate, and review us on your respective podcast platform to stay up to date with our episodes that air every Thursday at 10 a.m. EST. We're your hosts, Fabs and Faison, and we'll catch you guys next week on Esports Diff.